Hello and welcome to the Gambler Racing Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined by Paul Gallagher, who's also known as the Voice of Value. How's it going, Paul? Yeah, fantastic. Can't complain. Um, just recovered from Cheltenham overload and <laughs> back, to, back to normality now. I was going to ask, we didn't do a podcast last week because we were in the, the throes of the Cheltenham Festival, uh, so we had a wee bit of time off, but uh, yeah, we were saying it's just quite physically and quite emotionally draining, the whole Cheltenham Festival, when you're so engaged in it. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's 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 um, it's kind of like a full-time job plus extra, <laughs> the time you're reviewing all the form and you're kind of trying to work a day or two ahead and um, you know, get your tips out there, and also sit back and enjoy the the actual racing itself. So it's yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty hectic. Good fun though. Yeah, and generally, how did it go for you? Not bad, not bad. Um, a few frustrating sort of places that if they you know if they turned into wins, it would have been fantastic. Um, a few that got away as, as there always are, but I not too bad. A, a good few winners and loads of place horses, um, some of which pretty big prices my my tip of the, the week probably summed up on the slopes um <laughs> fourth i think in the yeah, end yeah. so decent each way to turn but you know it would have been so much better if it had won yeah i think the story of the week was quite obviously rachel blackmore and her performance over the four days ah, just incredible and she she fair play to her she's totally under she's one of the hardest working jockeys in ireland she's really she's grafted to get to where she is and she's earned it she looks a class act in the saddle she kind of she actually at times reminds me of Ruby Walsh who's in my opinion the best jockey of, of yeah. my lifetime um, and she, she looks a bit like him she, you know she can she can work hard when she needs to but she can also just let the horse do its own thing when, when needed as well she's fantastic yeah it was fascinating listening to Ruby Walsh talking about on how fulsome he was in his praise over yeah and, and he's not the sort of guy that would hand out um, compliments Willie Nilly is some in racing are guilty of that but he's not um, so if you're getting if you're getting compliments from a guy like that they're, they're, they're well earned yeah and just going back to our kind of pre-Cheltenham preview with uh, the podcast with Jim Delahunt he did he was quite keen on Henry de Bromhead um, and the, the various horses he had at Cheltenham he had a good festival as well yeah brilliant shout from Jim um, de Bromhead was fantastic winning three of those big championship races is just incredible um, very very hard to win one of them never mind three of the same meeting so and, and De Bromhead is, has got a big yard but it wouldn't be huge it's not it's not as big as the likes of um, the likes of Mullins or Elliot or even um, Nichols or Henderson I wouldn't have thought they, they would have a bigger string of horses so to do it with a sort of smaller um, group of select group of horses is fantastic and fair play I mean, he seems a really nice guy De Bromhead mm. I've never met him Never met him, but he seems uh, he seems like a really down to earth guy, and uh, you know, yeah, it was it was just brilliant to see someone achieve that level of success in one yeah. festival. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. So good shout, but Jim. We'll hopefully get Jim back on the racing podcast again. Um, but we're back to the bread and butter this weekend. Uh, we've got four races lined up, all of which are live on ITV, um, and yeah, coming from Doncaster and Newbury. So we might as well get stuck in, Paul. First race of the day that you want to have a look at is the two thirty-five at Doncaster. I do, yeah. So this is us back into back into flat racing. We have to sort of switch our uh, switch our minds across. Um, and look at the uh, look at the platform. Obviously, 
most of them have been tucked away for the uh, the winter. Now coming back out for springtime, some will have run in the ill weather, um, and that's uh, that's actually an angle I'm looking at here in this uh, the two thirty five. Um, the horse I'm going for is a horse that's been running quite a bit over the winter um, on the on the ill weather, and a horse called Amazement. I think you pronounce it. It's like amazement, but it's spelled differently. <laughs> And he's been running uh, quite consistently without being um, fantastic. But that's, I think, pretty useful because it leaves him on a, a handy uh, handicap mark. Um, and I think he can hopefully take advantage here. Paul Hannigan um, takes the ride, who's uh, a class act, um, previous champion jockey, actually. Um, and I just think the interesting angle here is since he's been running on the all-weather over the winter, he's been stepped up to a mile, which I think has brought about a bit of improvement um, a sort of resurgence in form. Um, he's won twice without being sort of, without winning by huge distances, so he's, he's still kept his handicap mark under control. I think that that when he switch, switches back now onto turf, I think that could translate into some improvement as well. He was running over um, seven furlongs and six furlongs towards the end of last season on the on the flat, uh, on the turf. And so I think that will potentially be a little angle. And I thought he was at a pretty big price. Uh, what we're getting on him, 12 to 1 with Hills. And they're paying six places, Hills in this race as well, which I think is really fair. So, yeah, amazing um, with the, the step up to... The step up to a mile on turf being uh, just exactly what he wants at the present moment, I think, is pretty good value at 12 to 1 each way. At this early stage of the kind of tough flat season, I guess, is that an angle that you always quite like to look for is those that have maybe ran through some of the, the winter months on the old weather? I do. I think I think it's almost essential. I think what you're looking for is one of two things. Um, you're either looking for one that's been running through the winter and is therefore sort of race fit, as it were. Um, and Amazement's last run was the 8th of February, so you can sort of assume that he's in reasonable shape. Or alternatively, you look for one that's consistently run quite well after a break, because there are mm. horses that really enjoy that. Um, and we'll come, on to, we'll come on to one of them later on uh, that I've picked out. That's I think that's the sort of uh, the way you want to, the way you want to look at it. Um, do, there's a, most of the flat horses. Um, I think that's probably fair to say. In general terms, they improve for a run or two. You know, it takes them a while to get going and, and hit peak fitness. Like uh, if even in comparison with a footballer coming back from injury or coming back from a, a spell off, you know, um, after pre-season, they might have been working really hard in training, but until they've had a couple of games, they never really hit their Hit their peak. Mm. Um, yeah. you know that, that's probably the comparison but then there are these horses that actually need a rest enjoy a rest um, they sort of I don't know how it works physiologically for the horses but you know do they build up this extra bit of energy or you know they just like to go when, when everything's um, when they're pretty relaxed and had some time off so they're just they are like humans they're strange beasts and no, no two are the same um, so that, that's the sort of angle I look for if it's uh, at the start of the flat season it's also and I do generally see this each year um, at this time it's it's a time to just be not not go crazy with your bets um, not that we ever advocate anyone going crazy with your bets but I just slightly reduce my stake at the start of the season just to see how things play out and just to take mm-hmm. a feel for the form again and get back into it so I'm looking at Bigger prices each way as I normally would, but just slightly smaller stakes um, until we get a feel for the, the way the flat season's looking and, and the way the, the different horses are shaping up. Shaping up. Okay, so it's a maze one. 
in the 235 at Doncaster, and that's around about the 12 to 1 mark with Hills, as you see, who are paying six places in that one. Next, we're going to jump codes to Newbury, the 250, and it's an obviously handicap hurdle. You've got your eye on a fairly consistent performer here who's looking to make it three wins in a row. Yeah, um, I thought the, the jump chasing was fairly tricky um, for Saturday, but there's, there are two that, are, that I've found that I quite like the look of, um, and, and this is one of them. Um, the horse is called Hooper, uh, and it's from the Nicky Henderson yard. Um, <laughs> Nicky, who let us down big time in the, in the Gold <laughs> Cup with the champ, but um, well, maybe not playing the trainer, I think the horse is just a, a nutcase. Um, move, move on swiftly from that. Um, yeah, Hooper is a, a really interesting one here. Um, he won last time out at Hereford. He was perhaps a bit lucky to win that time. If you go back and watch the race, um, it was a horse that was leading um, as they, they came to the last and um, and fell. Horse called Raffle Ticket. Um, it's it's doubt. It's probably a fifty fifty about whether um, Hooper would have gone on and beaten that horse or not. But they were well clear of the rest, um, which is interesting. And I thought that ground looked really soft, and that, that may not have been. Um, exactly to Hooper's liking. But the piece of form that I really find quite interesting about this one is when you go back to uh, th- sort of three runs ago, so two runs before that one that I was talking about, um, Hooper lost, just lost out by um, just about half a length to a horse called Nightboat to Clyro. And Nightboat to Clyro has subsequently got on and won two races in a row after that. Um, and is now rated much higher, rated 1-3-1. So that would, if you if you sort of, and Hooper was giving him weight that day. So if you actually sort of look at that form, literally, I think that mm-hmm. puts Hooper, Hooper quite well in here. And yeah. um, I think the, the ground will be a bit better than it was last time out. Should be good to soft. And I just thought Hooper was a, a, a sort of cheeky win bet. I don't think I'll be going each way. There's only eight runners. Um, and I, I think it is a pretty competitive race. But I just thought at the prices, Hooper was good value. I see that... Um, Hills have drifted out to thirteen to two as I look at it. I think that's a really good price. So it's a win bet for me at thirteen to two on Hooper, in the hope that he's uh, he's pretty well handicapped. Yeah, quite a few drifted out to thirteen to two. Um, that's an each way backable price. It is exactly. If folk fancy going each way, by all means. Um, but just given the strength and depth in the race, I thought um, it will be. Yeah, it's just just a win bet for me. Okay. <laughs> That's very brave of you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, okay, next up we're back at Doncaster for the Lincoln. Um, you've got two horses in this one that you quite like the look of. I do. Yeah, big big race. Uh, the Lincoln, the big sort of the first big flat turf handicap of the year. Um, and the bookies are helping us out with additional each way places. So those are the ones, as you know, that I quite like to try and take advantage of as best I can. I think Sky are offering seven places, but as usual, they're, they're sort of lower price. So it's a, it's a question of weighing up that um, that that offer and deciding what's best depending on the horse you're backing. Um, Bet365 and Coral, I believe, and I think perhaps Ladbrokes are all best odds guaranteed, um, even at the overnight stage, which is which is always good as well, so that's worth taking advantage of. Um, the two that I've picked out will give you the, the shorter price one first. It's a horse called Dania, um, a four-year-old trained by Owen Burrows. Looks to me like a, an improving type. Um, very lightly raced, only had seven runs. He won last time out um, at the tail end of last season in September. Um, he crucially as we touched on earlier he won first time out last season so his first race last season was in June at Doncaster he won that quite nicely by three lengths um, so we know that he can go well fresh or we, we can 
sort of make that assumption based on, on that performance. Um, and hopefully he can do the same again today. He's gone up in the handicap as a result of pretty, you know, four good runs last season. He was first, third twice, and then first again in his last run um, at Haydock. A decent ground will be ideal for him. And I just thought he was a bigger price than some of the other ones. There's a couple at the top of the market that look that do look pretty well handicapped. The Proovers, um, other two other four-year-olds, Hakiki and Eastern World, but they are four to one and five to one. Whereas we are getting, uh, I think we're still getting ten or eleven to one about Dania. Uh, so he's my each way shout as the sort of main selection. Yeah, I think it's been nibbled a wee bit. Best price I'm seeing is ten to one. Now it was eleven to one earlier. Okay, that's that's probably quite encouraging as well then, that he's, he's been supported in the market. So that, that suggests that they expect to go quite well. So um, i better jump on and take the 10-1 to because I, <laughs> <laughs> I missed the 11-2. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Um, second choice then in the race, uh, a much bigger price again, um, is a horse called Uzo. Um, slightly older as a five-year-old. So perhaps not quite as much um, potential for you know significant improvement. Um he won nicely at York on his last run of the season. Uh, last he won a, a big 20-runner handicap uh, at York, which was quite impressive. Um, he didn't win it by far, um, so he hasn't been hammered in the weights as a result. Um, but we know that the mile's good for him. Um, he's got previous form and good ground. He uh, likes a big field handicap. Um, he ran well at Royal Ascot as well. He was eighth, and he was, he was backed quite significantly for the Royal Hunt Cup um, that day. Um, and that was eighth of twenty-two, so that sort of reads a bit better than you know eighth of nine. Yeah. Um, uh, so you know wasn't beaten, wasn't beaten far in that. Um, and again, he's one that runs really well um, on his first run of the season. He he's been second and second in his last two um, seasonal debuts. So again, one that you know you keep an eye on that sort of side of things at this time of year. I just thought at twenty five to one, um, it was worth a small each way, just on, on, on all that sort of uh, yeah. all that sort of basis. Taking a lot of boxes uh, again, just an update on the price. I can see some twenty eight to one at Paddy Power who are paying six places now uh, for Uzo. Oh, that's great. Um, they, actually, they've, they've increased their prices. I think they were only five when I looked earlier on, so they must have they must have decided to improve their offer. So that's great. Yeah, go and get that if you can. Okay, so that's the Lincoln, which is the 310 at Doncaster, and we're looking at Dania and Uzo as our two picks for that one. And last but not least, we're going back to Newbury for the 325, uh, and it's Little River Bay here who seems to be ticking the boxes for you. Yeah, interesting race this. So this is a, a mare's hurdle, so it's restricted to, to female horses only. Um, as I was saying earlier, the, the jump racing is a bit tricky, I think, on Saturday, but this is one that I think is um, pretty good value and a decent show. It's top weight here in Little River Bay um, in terms of uh, rating. So uh, she has to give a bit of weight away to others. Um, but it's a limited handicap, so it's not she's not necessarily giving full weight away to, to every horse underneath her. And the fact that it's um, it's pretty good ground is also helpful if you're carrying a heavier weight. It's easier to do that on better ground. Um, the interesting thing, I've, I've thought about Little River Bay and I think why she's um, a bigger price than she, she should be. It's just her last last run she was pulled up. Mm-hmm. up at Sandown in February um, and that's always a negative for a lot of people but if you look into it in a wee bit more detail she uh, the ground is described as heavy uh, it's often places that way but it was an absolute bog and she doesn't want that um, and I think they, they, they didn't 
they didn't give her too hard a time. She clearly wasn't enjoying it. And Richard Johnson pulled her up and saved her for another day. And I'm hoping that this isn't the other day mm-hmm. he's saving her for. Um, prior to that, if you dig, dig down into her form a wee bit further, she's um, a course and distance winner um, at this track. Uh, the, the run before that Sandown run so this is a much higher quality field than it was that day but uh, I think she can she can take that step up in class and I think basically we ignore the last run and she is uh, her previous three runs she'd won them all and she's still I think got loads of improvement left in her so she's my she's my shout against the field in what is a, a decent wee race yeah just looking for her to bounce back as you say after that race where she was pulled up um, again just a wee bit of a drift in the markets now 91 haven't been well I had down 71 at Skybet who were paying five places um, it's now it's 15 to 2 uh, Skybet but take yeah, that's between good. that and the 91 yeah. for four places yeah I think that's I think I'd probably take the 91 four places with Hills I think that's I think that's fair um, the other thing I should mention um, about Little River Bay is um, it's just by Philip Hobbs and written by um Richard Johnson and they've got a fantastic record at this meeting um, right. particularly uh, this is the sort of second meeting um, of, of March in at Newbury this is, they, they seem to target it and they've all they've had plenty of good winners um, over the uh, over the last few years so that's that's another sort of good okay. trainer jockey combination something to look out for um, yeah. so that was part of the part of the attraction there as well Okay, doke good stuff can you give us a wee recap then of your selections for Saturday you can indeed. So chronological order, uh, the two thirty-five at Doncaster, amazing, and we're getting twelve to one there with Hills. I've been six places each way. The two fifty at Newbury is Hooper. That's a win-only bet, and I think we're getting now thirteen to two. And the three ten at Doncaster. I've got two selections in this. The Lincoln first selection is Dania. 11 to 1 each way or in fact it's 10 to 1 now we're seeing I think each way yeah. and then Ouzo uh, and I think you said we can get 28 to 1 each way with Paddy Power so take that if you can and then finally the 325 at Newbury is Little River Bay and we're getting 9 to 1 four places each way with William Hill Good stuff thank you very much Paul um, that's us for another week on the Gambler Racing Podcast don't forget you can follow Paul on Twitter at the voice of value and you can catch more of his tips at mrfixitstips.co.uk just remains for me to thank you for listening to this week's podcast and to wish yourself paul and all our listeners the best of luck for this weekend yeah enjoy the racing guys good luck